0: It's February 28th, 2018. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. My name is Bert Lum.
1: And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First up, we're going to talk about the launch of a new art tech app called Art World Escape. Then, Melly James returns to give us the very latest on tomorrow night's HVCA Awards Gala. And of course, finally, we've invited Scott Robertson and
0: Stephanie Deep, both from UH, to talk to us about the upcoming AT&T Hackathon.
1: But first up, let's welcome Paige Donnelly here and uh, tell us about this brand new app, Art World Escape. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you guys for having me. So what
0: inspired you to do this art app? I mean, we've done little, you know, like little apps of uh, uh, art in public places. There's kind of like mapper, you know, mapping apps, but this is kind of really different.
2: Yeah, so I think our our mission was really trying to accomplish two things. Um, First, to give an inside look into the world of artists. Mm -hmm. um, And second, to diversify how artists earn a living. Um, So if if we're able to create a platform that um, allows them to get paid through experiential work, Um, That really broadens their source of income. Great.
1: So the Art uh, World Escape app is about um, experiencing a place but really connecting people who do, I guess, art tours or uh, walking around. Is that the basic uh, concept?
2: Yeah. The platform connects uh, artists with both travelers and people in their communities um, for these behind-the-scenes experiences. So that looks like artist um, studio visits. it looks like performances or walking tours um, we 're also doing more pop up exhibitions um, and art making on the app as well
0: so I, I you know I speak from experience when I say that you know I know an artist, my wife is an artist. she likes to stay in her little zone and do her art. How do you get or identify the artists that want to incorporate sort of the you know the the tour aspect i mean bringing people in and actually giving them a talk about you know the experience that's a, a that's a unique uh characteristic i think that many artists might not have
2: yeah but you touch upon a good point i think um our our are are artists are a bit self-selecting in, the, in, their, in that they don't mind sharing their creative process with the public. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes those like behind the scenes um, or an artist who's doing a, more of a work in progress piece, um, that's a very intimate and very delicate time for an artist. Um, but there's also um, these junctures where it's really great to get feedback or really great to share what you're doing and demystify Um, What what does go on behind the scenes? Like, what's behind a canvas? What's the narrative that an artist is trying to tell?
1: So, I have the Art World Escape app on my iPhone here. There's a featured uh, exploring the back streets of Honolulu, studio visits, workshops, making art. Um, There's a walking tour here that I feel I almost did myself, going to see the newly painted murals of Pow Wow. So, who puts together this? It almost looks like a magazine, you know, these curated organizations of Of experiences that a visitor might have. Is that uh, work by you to curate and kind of basically put together this collection?
2: Yeah, our our team um, so far has has curated both the um, selection of artists and also the types of experiences that are offered. And you touched upon a really exciting one, Ryan, where um, the founder of Pow Wow actually gave that tour himself. So it was, it was a new thing that he tried out. He's yet, yet to give a, a public tour of um, the newly painted mural. So that was something that we, we did at the very end of this year's powwow, Wow and will continue to do throughout the year.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That, that would be a very exciting uh, tour just because just the, the magnitude and the, the vibrancy of what they do with Pow Wow. Now, what if an artist uh, approaches you and wants to be a part of it? But, uh, I mean, what, what, what is the selection process that you might have to go through?
2: Yeah, so we um, have on our website a form that artists can fill out, and it's a series of questions that just ask a little bit more about themselves and their creative process. I mean, it's again, it's it's this two way street where um, we want to showcase, you know, some of the most inspiring and leading artists of Honolulu, um, but we also need artists um, to be willing to to share that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that process.
1: Well, for example, you have those improv classes that uh, people teach, um, and they could become a service provider on your platform and try to put together a class, I see that I can book and it just says book now $40 for a specific experience. Your app handles all of those, uh, the messy part of handling a transaction and creating a calendar and helping an artist one know who's coming and when and also how much they're going to earn?
2: Um, it does. I mean, there's, there's a a few things that are um, hard coded in um, at the moment with with this um, MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll um, eventually be making also a back end for the artists so that mm. they can go in and manage everything on their end themselves. But right now, we're we're helping facilitate that.
0: Do you have a team of uh, coders? I mean, where's your where's your coders uh, coming from?
2: Yeah, I've got a great team. Um, there are about uh, four of us. And and most everyone on the team has a tech background. Oh, cool!
1: And the eventual vision, it sounds like, is that Art World uh, Escape will not just be in Honolulu. This is sort of like your proving ground right now.
2: Yeah, exactly. This will. This city is our um, is our proof of concept. We really believe in the art scene here. We we really want to make sure that that um, that that scene has greater exposure, and uh, we think it's it's a great place to launch off into other. Landscapes.
0: So, you had a soft launch. Uh, Tell us what the schedule for actually releasing the application is.
2: Um, So, the next um, couple of weeks, we'll continue with our soft launch. And then at the end of March, um, we'll have an event where we'll invite the community in Mm. to experience um, a taste of what the app offers. Um, And that will be free and open to the public. Where can people
0: find the application besides going on the uh, uh, (laughs) App Store, (laughs) the Apple? App Store. Yeah,
2: so we're available both on Google Play and the App Store um, if you search Art World Escape. Um, You can also download it directly from our website, artworldescape.com. Oh, cool. um, And you can follow us on Instagram. That's
0: Very good. Thanks, Paige, for joining us.
2: Thank you guys so much.
0: And, of course, we want to welcome Millie James, and she's a regular. She has a name on her chair yep, over there. brought her chair back in. Yeah, yeah. We say that every time. I know. It's, well, it's, it's true. The,
1: it's the one with all the, thro- uh, the swords in it.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, she's going to tell us about the upcoming HVCA Awards Gala. This is celebrating 30 years you're not even 30. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Welcome to the show,
3: Millie. Thank you, Bert. Thanks, Ryan.
1: So this event is tomorrow. You I'm, we're impressed that you could get out of your busy schedule to come and tell us. But things are still coming together. Uh, you have the People's Cho- Choice Startup of the Year. Some awards are going to be announced. Some you've already announced. Um, what can someone look forward to or what are you most excited to share this year?
3: So this year we are celebrating our 30 years. We'll be doing a little bit of a... Little history of of HVCA, and I don't want to give away too much because our past president Bill Spencer will be will be spending some time on that. Who nice. was actually president for nineteen years? We'll see if I last nineteen, <laughs> but um, but he certainly deserves um, some accolades, and, and he'll be sharing some Absolutely. of the history.
0: Well, I really thought that you were going to retire the uh, startup uh, champion award after, after you guys won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a minor point that I wanted to bring up, but
1: no, it's a it's it's a good, and you've in fact you I think this year is a legislator. Yes, that.
0: this year our Startup Paradise
3: champion is Rep. Jarrett Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic. But uh, what are some of the categories? you got tech, uh, student, social impact, uh, ag tech, entrepreneur. Um, but uh, there's a new one this year, I think, consumer packaged goods. Have you done that before?
3: We haven't. We haven't. We were really looking at um, – just a new category that was really reflective of a lot of the great entrepreneurs and businesses that are growing here that do have a global presence but can continue to stay local. and We wanted to
0: be able to honor those companies as well. Mm -hmm. And do you typically kind of put the word out to the the community really to – Nominate a lot of these uh, awardees. Is that correct?
3: We've got a great community that's nominating a lot. We've got a lot of momentum. We we really kind of kicked up this event about five years ago, Mm -hmm. um, where it turned into a gala, and we try to get the tech community to dress up a little bit. I I like that. Yeah, we we had a it's cocktail attire. Still unsure what that means for some people, (laughs) but but it seems that most people have gotten figured it out so far. But um, you know, the, the community is really coming together, and we're starting to see, especially this year broader pieces of the community in Honolulu really coming out for this event. We've got about 10 legislators coming. We've got a lot oh. of corporate coming. We're really seeing the stakeholders coming together to to support Startup Paradise and to support entrepreneurial endeavors here.
0: So when you say broader, you you're talking about some of the – Established traditional companies, some of the the financial institutions. I mean, is that what you yes. refer to? And as Yes, and that's sort of been bond? an
3: area that we've been looking to grow, especially in in, in entrepreneurship. Is let's get some of that corporate support um, and really bring the community together. Uh, th- that's actually one of the reasons why we had a an award that we started last year called Corporate, corporate Entrepreneur right. of the Year, which is really honoring. Corporates that um, have an entrepreneurial mindset and are promoting that within their own organization.
1: One of the marquee uh, award categories is deal of the year, and this, they're going to be celebrated this event but it's already announced, correct?
3: Yes, so, you know, for the deal of the year it's it's really a quantitative mm. award as opposed to qualitative. We can't really debate what is the biggest deal. It's it's a number. Got it. So we really, de- we decided to have some of the awards where we, there was no need to have finalists. We could just announce them. And this is the first year we actually announced those winners ahead of time. Oh, okay. So that, um, they could really gather their community to come out and support them and we could get that momentum for the event to people to come out and support.
1: Them. And this is a growing community this is noah botanicals yes fantastic
0: i like the fact that uh, both you with mana up and uh, the folks over at sultan ventures doing you know the accelerate hi are kind of focusing on the small businesses the the real true entrepreneurs. they may not go through the accelerator which previously got a lot of attention the accelerators got but it's good that the small businesses are getting attention in this event
3: yes and small business doesn't mean small revenue You know, it just doesn't mean necessarily high growth venture backable. And so one of the things when I was um, on this morning with Mana Ola was looking at companies that can have global presence, can stay here locally, can continue to grow here locally, um, creating sustainable livelihood and opportunities for jobs here in Hawaii.
0: Great. So tell us where can, well, can people still sign up for this or?
3: Yep. We have about a handful of tickets left. Okay. Nice. Uh, we are close to about 300 and uh, we're about five or 10 away from being sold
1: out. And what classy venue does the event take place? At?
3: This will be at Wildlife Country Club nice. tomorrow, March 1st. Um, Six o'clock start time goes to about 9.30.
1: And where can people get those last handful of tickets?
3: They can get them on hvca.org.
0: All
1: right.
3: Oh
0: God, I guess I got to go out and find my tie. <laughs> you got to clean up a little. Maybe a haircut yeah, yeah. would be good. Oh, too, late for, <laughs> too late for that. Thanks, Millie, for joining us. Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Brian. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Scott Robertson and Stephanie Deep. We'll talk about the AT&T Hackathon. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. My first classical music experience was hearing Flight of the Bumblebee on HPR. I can still remember the drive, sitting in the back seat and not being able to sit still, being so moved by the music, not really understanding what I was hearing. These performers were like ninjas. I think HPR almost created a mystical way of I thought about classical music. Member supported. Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us in the studio, Scott Robertson and Stephanie Deep. Scott is, of course, a professor and the chair of the Information and Computer Science Department over at the
1: University of Hawaii. Meanwhile, Stephanie graduated from UH with a degree in computer science and accounting as an upcoming Google Engineering resident in the summer of 2018.
0: And of course, uh, we want to find out. We want to find the details about what the objective of the at and Hackathon is and what are you prepared to create? What are we going to see from some of these teams? And, of course, we'll get all the details from uh, both uh, Scott and Stephanie. We want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe.
4: Thank you so much.
0: It's really nice to be here. Thank you. So we'll start, start with you, Scott, because, uh, you know, the at and Hackathon, I think, has gone,
5: been going on for at least five,
0: six years. Yes, I, I don't know the exact
5: number. It has in Hawaii, and then it's, um, of course, a national event, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, design yeah, excellent. it goes
0: across the entire uh, U.S. Mm-hmm. And, but in Hawaii, what I'm curious about is um, what are some of the design criteria or what, what is it the, uh, the design objectives of the hackathon? Can you express that?
5: I, I think the one main design objective is to um, make sure that we reflect new technology, like make sure that the apps are something that's for the future, mm-hmm. not something that's for the, even the, just the present. So like the current one is going to focus on Internet of Things and um, VR and AR. So those are upcoming technologies.
1: Now, certainly, this is the AT&T Hackathon. AT&T is the premier sponsor of this event across the country, partnering largely with universities. What does AT&T as a sponsor, as a corporate interest, get out of being a part of this
5: event? Well, one thing they get out of it is um, exposure to all of the smart people who come and participate. They get a chance to see you know, some of the best talent, and they get a chance to um, help them grow and expand, and then perhaps they get a chance to hire them.
1: Are there some AT&T services or APIs that are played with as part of this, or it's really just being in the community?
5: Right. Well, AT&T does provide um, – Several uh, APIs, and they're in this case they're going to bring some equipment mm. um, for uh, people, participants to play with and um, put together. So,
0: yeah. Well, Scott, you know I do want to find out how you kind of because you know we've had the uh, David Chin has been very active in it, and and you're kind of like taking the helm and and, and uh, getting much more involved with the AT and hack AT and hackathon. But I do want to uh, talk to Stephanie a little bit about the uh, AT and hackathon from. Uh, from a participant standpoint, because uh, you're the uh, probably one of the more frequent attendees. I mean, I think this is going to be your third AT&T hackathon. Yes, that's, you're that's absolutely impress- that's
4: right. I started in 2016, 17, coming this year, 2018. Please mm-hmm. say hi to me. <laughs> I have done these hackathons. I've done many others. But the thing I really like about the AT&T Hackathon is that there are so many different types of people. They have a lot of equipment, a lot of interesting things. I've made a lot of friends, and I think overall this is a really great career move, and it's very fun.
0: Well, so, um, you know, from a historical standpoint, in previous uh, AT&T Hackathons, what would they provide you? So you're coming in, you're, you know, let's say you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, you're wondering, like, what am I going to get to play with? What sure. was, the, the first one in 2016, do you remember what they kind of brought to your table to, to kind of you know, get one your get on One of the on? things
4: that they're bringing back is the M2X. It's a hardware device that uh, I think it allows some kind of IoT device, Mm -hmm. I didn't get to use that. But in addition to that, they also had Raspberry Pis. They're also bringing Raspberry Pis. They have the APIs for you to use. And they provide uh, free keys so you can try them. You don't have to pay. You can just test it out. If you don't like to use it, that's fine. Use something else. Mm
1: -hmm. And it sounds like uh, the AT&T hackathon isn't the only hackathon that you've participated in, that this kind of environment where you can come and apply your thoughts and think creatively and build something in a short amount of time. Um, Did you do a NASA hackathon previously? Mm -hmm.
4: Yes. Bert was also at the NASA Hackathon. The NASA Hackathon is a game hackathon. Um, Well, not exactly game, but you can do many things. One of the categories was gaming. And the great thing about these hackathons is that because you meet many other people, your ideas mesh and you create something that's so much fun. Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, having spent so much, you know, let's say, or having the opportunity to participate in so many of these hackathons, what is it that you seem to feel you get the most out of?
4: The thing I get the most out of is that I get to work with different personality types, and this is great for students who are interested in software development because you get to work with other software developers. Usually in class, you work on your own project. Mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. get to interact with people, communicate, you know, have a little bit fun designing and figuring out what you want to make as a project. This is a great opportunity, and you know what? I actually liked this so much. I went to the AT&T LA Hackathon, and it was Whoa. so much fun.
5: So I I think like Stephanie says, this is a great opportunity to develop community, to find other people who are not exactly like you, but who complement you in an interesting way and find out how to work with them. It kind of reflects more the real working environment. So, Stephanie, when you went to L.A., did you go with anybody or did you just go
0: by yourself and just, you know, jump on a team and take it? you know take whatever came your way.
4: <laughs> I wish I was that brave, but I did go with <laughs> friends. Um but I met other people there. We actually worked with a local LA resident. It was um we made some kind of mobile app. We didn't win, but we had a lot of fun. That's good. So, so I
5: think that's a really important point. It's not it's great to win, but it's really really great to participate. So I think it's really important to just there.
1: Absolutely. Stephanie graduated with a CS degree. She's heading off to Google. We do want to talk more about how the hackathon experience fit with education as well as with your career prospects. But uh, Scott, in terms of the department, um, where does the hackathon fit in terms of aligning with the
5: curriculum and the education you're providing to your students? So this helps us show off our students, of course, but it also gives them an experience that they really can't have in the classroom. So even though, uh, like Stephanie just said, even though they might do projects in the classroom, It's often with people they know already or uh, something like that. And sometimes they're baby projects, whereas, you know, these are a little bit more real projects. There's also the pressure component of it. You know, Mm. you have to do this in a semester. (laughs) Yeah, you have a whole semester and you get a grade and all that. This is just about um, doing something in a day and a half or two days. And... It, it, there's no grade. There's well, there are prizes, <laughs> so that's a that's nice. We'll talk about that. But I think the point is that you are actually accomplishing something with a team and meeting people.
0: Well, so Scott, that's a that's a great point. And the what I notice is that you know we've been involved with the uh, Hawaii annual code challenge. Governor Ige has really been you know supportive of the idea of a state hackathon. And I need to shout out to uh, Philip Johnson, who is one of the professors in in your department, that really took it upon himself to get his students engaged with the code challenge. And to me, I mean, I I really like the idea that UH is
5: really embracing it to the extent where it's getting incorporated into classwork. Yes, and in fact, we'd like to build that more. And Philip, I'm glad you mentioned Philip Johnson because he does incorporate this kind of project experience into his courses. And we would like to make it uh, so that students don't just finish his course and then never do another project. We'd actually like to build projects into the entire curriculum, say, uh, starting as a sophomore, you do a small project, and then you build on it as a junior. You have a final project as a senior. I think that would be a great model for you.
0: You know, this this might be getting into the weeds, but, you know, us uh, hackathon organizers, we don't necessarily schedule our organizing of an event around the semester. So how do we coincide semester scheduling versus, you know, sort of like the, <laughs> the well, it, hackathon, you know, uh, scheduling.
5: Yeah, well, because it usually goes over a weekend. So, you know, that makes it so that you can... If you, Even if you're in class, you're fine.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. So we want to talk a little bit more to uh, Stephanie about, you know, sort of her experience and what she's co- sort of gained from that. We we'll want to hold that thought. We will be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Scott Robertson and Stephanie Deep about the hackathon experience. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology
1: Training, Moyer Financial, and Kaiser Permanente. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And we're talking to Scott Robertson and Stephanie Deep about the at Hackathon.
0: Yeah. And Stephanie, you know, you said that the, the Hackathon really provides a, a really kind of a rich experience. and. And now that you're looking for, well, you actually got a job with Google. I mean, did the hackathon actually help prepare you for that? Did it help you differentiate yourself from other uh, potential, uh, you know, applicants? I mean, how did, how do you think it, it benefit, Or how did you benefit?
4: At UH, we have a career fair. We have it every semester. And I go to them the first thing that the recruiter noticed was, oh, wow, you did a hackathon. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. And instead of talking to other students, she asked me, what is this? What did you make? What did you use? And I thought it was really good that they noticed me for that. And it wasn't that one recruiter. is recruiter after recruiter after recruiter on LinkedIn and so forth. So they really do notice these things because students who put in time and effort outside of class really show an interest into computer science, and that's what they look for.
1: It definitely would seem like a differentiator versus your at your GPA, or your academic background, or the degree that you earned. Um, were there specific questions that you felt better qualified to answer because you had gone through this experience in terms of an interview for a Google engineering residency?
4: Yes. So part of the process of interviewing with Google is that you have to be very project and team-oriented. Working with hackathons or working at, uh, with a team allows you to understand what goes behind the process and to show, you know, I'm not only interested in software development, I've, er- I've already done it, this is what I've done, and I love it so much.
0: Now, in terms of, you know, the uh, team dynamic, how did you sort of play out the respective roles that your team members might, you know, participate in? Because You may not have, everybody might not be a coder. Some people might have different sort of uh, uh, expertise. How did you figure out who would do what?
4: The way you figure out is to first understand that nobody knows what they're doing. And that's totally fine. That's how most teams are. They're not professional hackathon doers. You go in and then you kind of talk it out. You have to say, I, I, I'm, I'm this person. I know how to do this. Would you like if I do this? So you kind of offer yourself. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, because of the communication experience, you can figure out you know what you, what you want to do. You're not forced to do anything. That's the great thing about it.
1: Was there a particular role that you felt was your strongest that you liked to gravitate to because it was the most fun?
4: The most fun, of course, is software development. But sometimes, you know, if you go to a hackathon and there's too many coders, you have to sidestep and do something else. So one of the things I learned to do was presentation skills. Hmm. I'm actually kind of shy, and I had to practice a lot <laughs> at it. It was it was good, though. I, I definitely needed that.
5: I think there's a good point there. The it's more than just coding. There's a uh, pitch that you have, well, there's the planning process at the beginning, meeting each other and finding out each other's skills. Then there's a pitch process, and then there's a coding process, and then there's a presentation of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So it really Mm -hmm. does require a range of skills. Now, Scott, we talked, uh, you know, Stephanie spoke very well about how
1: Participating in Hackathon helps with career prospects, interviewing recruiters and stuff like that. Um, could you talk a little bit more about when you are sending your students or students in your program, how does it uh, flesh out their strengths on the academic side?
5: Well, I think it differentiates them from everybody else. So, of course, we have a curriculum, so everybody who graduates from our program has more or less the same courses. So just having a set of courses doesn't differentiate you. You don't stand out because you have those. Everybody has those. So what's going to make you stand out? Your participation in something like a hackathon, the product that you uh, actually developed at the end, your portfolio. Um, it shows not only your skill, but also it shows your motivation and uh, your activity level. And to some extent, you discover your skill too. Mm. So maybe like, like Stephanie said, she Felt that she was shy, but it turns out that she was really good at presenting her project. So now she knows that. So, Stephanie, do you go into this
0: with a a sort of a team in mind? Or how do you, what's your strategy about, you know, how to bring the right people together?
4: Um, before the hackathon, they have uh, some kind of communication channel, and you can offer yourself, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also fun to do with friends. Sometimes, even if no, um, your friends don't know everything how to do anything, that's fine. The process of learning it through the hackathon um, is, a, I think, key element to enjoying it.
5: Yeah, you can come as a team if you want, or if you don't have a team, that shouldn't hold you back. You should just go and... Part of the process is finding a group of people. To is do this, is
0: this pretty much um, for UH students or, I mean, what's the criteria for entry?
5: There isn't one, really. Anybody can sh- show up. Anybody and, who and, feels And, that and they in can...
0: terms of the projects that come out of this, uh, do you have a sense as to what happens after, let's say, a project is complete or the, the hackathon is completed? Is there a future after the hackathon?
5: Mm. I, su- I suppose for some apps, probably this is where they get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if some of them turn into real products. I
0: think uh,
4: Snapchat was started at a hackathon or mm. Snap, okay. something like that. I think so. Now, in
5: terms of your
0: projects, I mean, like you did the Koala project uh, with the uh, NASA, NASA Space Apps Challenge. Were you able to take that anywhere else or did, or any of the projects that came out of last year's uh, AT&T hackathon, were you guys able to take that to a, another level?
4: we worked on it a little bit after but the good thing about this hackathon is even though you've made this project people are want you to complete you don't have to it's mm-hmm. it's practice mm-hmm. it's
1: well, it's great to know that this event is not just for University of Hawaii students. It's for anyone in the community, certainly if you have an interest in software development. But even if you want to get better at design or, or interacting with a team or presenting, it sounds like there's opportunities there. So, Scott, uh, if somebody was interested in signing up uh, first, when
5: is the at and Hackathon and how do they get involved? So the at and Hackathon is uh, Friday and Saturday, March 9th and 10th. And uh, if they want to get involved, they can um, go to a – a uh, uh, bit.ly URL, okay. bit.ly slash A-T-T dash H-I. That's the easiest way. Uh, Stephanie just made it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, Stephanie, I mean, uh, you're all set. You got your team. You're you're going to do,
0: what, an IoT or a VR? What's, uh, what's the game plan?
4: False. I do not have a team. So if you see me there, just say hello.
1: Sounds like a Very plan. Very good. That's, uh, the that's bite marks team. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Right. Wow. You're going to – Well, Scott Robertson, of course, he's the department chair over at the uh, – Um, Information Computer Science Department at the University of Hawaii, and of course, uh, Stephanie Deep. She's uh, heading to Google. I'm impressed. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we're going to hear about Hawaii's energy future. And of
0: course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at
1: bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. And you stay safe, and we will see you next week
0: on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.